This is the Alchemized Life Podcast. I'm your host, Ava Johanna, and I am so grateful to have you here joining me for yet another soul expansive conversation. My intention with every episode is to show you through storytelling and in-depth conversations that you, yes, you, are capable of creating anything you desire. Alongside yours truly, you'll hear from thought leaders and industry voices, and together we will teach you how to come alive in your authentic expression and remember the infinite power of your soul. You were truly put on this planet to have it all. So together, let's align with our divine selves and alchemize your life. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Alchemize Life podcast. Today we have a community episode and I am so excited for you to hear this conversation between myself and Brittany. We talked all about scaling, teams, investing in yourself, budgeting, and really my thought processes behind how to simplify so that you can hold more clients, more money, and more growth in your business. If you did not know, Every single month, I bring on a community member, someone who listens to the podcast, who wants an opportunity to ask me questions, to share their business, to be in the limelight for a moment, and it's a super fun conversation and just a great opportunity for us to connect, for you to plug into my energy, and for also the community to get answers to questions that maybe some of you wouldn't have even thought to ask, but are so beneficial and so helpful for wherever you're at, whether it be in your business or in your life. So today, Brittany and I talked all about teams. We talked all about hiring. We talked about the processes that go go on beyond, go on beyond, go on behind the scenes and how to best structure in a way that doesn't feel overwhelming, but really sets you up for long-term success. So you're really going to enjoy this conversation. I know a lot of you have businesses of your own. I know a lot of you are in that kind of funky period where it's time to get extra support and have somebody to help you bring your vision to life in a bigger way. And I think that this conversation is going to be very helpful for all of you. Outside of that, we also talk about, you know, what goes on in the time in between after you make a pivot, how to really hold the energy of where you want to go, even though it might seem easier or feel safer to go back to how things were. So you're going to love just hearing from Brittany as well as myself. And if you want to get in touch with Brittany, she is absolutely amazing. She does social media consulting. Her Instagram is brittanymiller.biz. You can also go to her website, which we linked inside of the show notes. And then again, if you want to be on an upcoming episode, head to the show notes because I've got a link to fill out a form. And in that form, you'll just share a little bit about yourself, the questions that you would want to bring into the space, and then we will read out to you directly if you get chosen for an episode. So with that being said, all of the things that you need for the show notes are in the show notes. <laughs> Let's jump into the episode today with Brittany Miller. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Alchemized Life. I'm sitting here with Brittany Miller, who I am so grateful to have connected with. I believe it was last year or was it two years ago when you went through AOB? Yeah, it was in 2021. That's when I went through AOB in the, 
I think it was in June. So it'll be almost two years. Yeah. Wow. 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 Well, I'm so grateful that we get to be here today. I'm so excited to introduce you to my community. I know we have a lot of different topics that we're going to be diving into as far as how I structure my business, managing teams, and really like the structure that goes into building a bigger business and an online brand. And I'm really excited because no one really asks me these things and they are so fundamental and like foundational to being able to build something that's bigger than you. And so when you submitted these questions and wanted to come onto the podcast, I was like, yes, like, even though these might not necessarily be like the sexy things, they're very important and actually create space for the sexy things to happen. So thank you for coming on the podcast. Yes, you're so welcome. And I was like, so excited when you accepted the questions, I guess, because I was like, this has been on my mind, just like, wanting to, I guess, dive into more of that stuff and really learn how how you're able to do that and scale your business. Because I think it does make scaling more possible. Mm-hmm, totally. So before we even go there, I would love for everybody to just get a taste of who Brittany is, your business, where you got started, and just share a little bit of the behind the scenes of what you do. Sure. Yes. Yeah. So my name is Brittany and I am the owner of Brittany Miller Biz. I started my business in 2019, right before 2020 happened. And how I kind of got into it was I was in the corporate world feeling really just like stuck in feeling like I was like, is this like all that there is? And um, didn't really know how to quit my job because I really love my team and like employees and everything there. And I was also really passionate about traveling. So what Bryce and I, my partner, what we did is we actually quit our jobs and went and traveled for um, six months, which was amazing. And I'm so grateful we did it when we did. Um, And then when I came back, I was like, just had this sinking feeling, thinking about going back and working for someone else. And I was like, I had people asking me about doing social media for them while I was traveling. And so I was doing a little bit on the side of that. And I decided, I wonder if I could just dive full into this and maybe people would pay me to manage their social media for them, which people do, which was really, (laughs) um, really started this whole entrepreneurial journey. And it's been such a beautiful blessing to go from really doing management services to now offering more consulting in the social media space to even coaching other social media managers, but also bringing in this element of breath work and a little bit of mindset to help us show up in the online space. Because although it takes a skill set that can be learned, I think the harder part for a lot of people is the mindset Mm -hmm. and overcoming those fears, imposter syndromes and anxiety and overwhelm. And so it's truly a gift to be able to help support individuals or teams with that journey moving forward. So that's a little, hopefully it was quick enough explanation. Yeah, (laughs) you you nailed that. Sometimes people will go on and on and on and you just, you feel it's very concise. It's very to the point. It feels very poignant and just like, it sounds like you're very, very clear on what you're doing. And it's so funny because the entire time you're talking, I'm like, girl, we have the same exact like origin story. Do you? Yeah. So I don't know how long you've been in like my world for, but I 
was working in San Diego. I met my ex-husband at the San Diego Reader, which was like an alternative news publication. You know, the ones that you would find outside of the like gas station or the grocery store that are just free, like basically ad booklets. And (laughs) I um, worked at the San Diego Reader. I helped them launch their digital agency. And so I was doing SEO, social media, um, graphic design, websites, um, even Facebook ads. Like I was doing everything under the sun, which was so good because now I feel like I can do all of the things in my business. And it really helped me to start my business. But we both, he was on the sales team and I was on the marketing team. And we both were like, we want to go travel. I remember Mm -hmm. it was like the age of really cool travel influencer videos on YouTube. And I would just and watch the videos (laughs) and be like, one day that will be me. And um, ended up traveling to South America for, we were going to do six months too, but ended up only doing three months because I missed my dog so much. So we can't, we went home early. Um, and we, by the time we got back, I was like, I'm never going to work for somebody else again. When I was traveling, I wow. picked up a couple of freelance clients managing social media as well. And that next year after we got back to San Diego, I really just spent the time building like the foundation of my business and had freelance clients. And it was about a year after that, that I was able to let go of all my freelance clients and just move like fully into teaching, um, working with brands and the podcast. So it's wow. very similar. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That is so cool. I remember um, you sharing about um, how you did um, branding for businesses and everything, but I didn't realize you kind of started, use that as like your starting point um, to start your own business and doing the freelancing and everything. And that's amazing. That's really cool. Yeah. We never made it to South America, by the way, I wanted to go there so bad. Um, but I think tr- Travel talk, I could just go like into a deep dive all about that stuff. But yeah. I'm going to go to South America. We didn't make it there. Where did <laughs> you guys go? Um, we started in New Zealand and we did New Zealand, Australia, and then we did Southeast Asia. Cool. Up to like Japan and then a little bit of Europe as well. Mm. And then we came back to Canada because that's where I'm based. And we did some of BC. Um, Bryce and I, we are big into mountain biking and hiking in the outdoors. So we tried to really hit up some certain spots like that. But um, yeah, I really want to go to South America, though. I'm like, oh, looks amazing. Yeah, yeah. Where did did you go? I did. um, Well, we started in Central America and Costa Rica and then went into Colombia where we were in Colombia for about a month and then Peru for about a month. And then I think we did like two, three weeks in Ecuador in the Galapagos. And that's when we decided to come home. But I mean, New Zealand, Australia, Southeast Asia, like that sounds like such a dream as well, too. I did Australia by myself for a month in February, 2020, I got home March 3rd, 2020. So it was like literally right before everything shut down. And, um, I've spent tons of time in in Bali already, but I would love to go to New Zealand. I want to go back to Australia and travel more throughout there because I just did Western Australia. And I know that there's the whole East coast that is calling me. I know. Oh my gosh. We did like just the West coast of Australia as well. And you're right. It's just such a big country. Um, you got back just in time though. Oh my goodness. Yeah. 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 It was crazy. It was so crazy. At first I was like, damn, I wish that I got stuck there. And then after it lasted like two years, maybe not actually. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, that's so cool. I love that we have kind of made that connection and that's super exciting to just kind of hear your story as well too. And I know for so many people listening, it gives a good 
perspective on like how it can happen. Right. Because I think sometimes a lot of people might think like, oh, I just need to quit my job and like dive straight into it. But the reality is like, there's so many different ways to ease your way into entrepreneurship that can create like a really safe landing pad for you so that it doesn't feel, you know, like you said, going back to the mindset piece and the embodiment stuff and just like the overwhelm, it doesn't feel as overwhelming to have like a bridge that takes you to working for yourself full time. Yeah, exactly. Um, I completely agree with that. And I do feel like there was always a part of me that knew that I wanted to start my own business or something. Like I had, I had been teaching fitness classes on the side before that. And I had like my own little like fit by Brit brand for fitness and stuff. Um, but I just didn't really know what that journey would look like. And it was kind of nice to be able to utilize like traveling as that ability to, I guess, start off without, again, any expectations. Really, the thought was to come back and maybe apply for a new job or something. Um, but then some opportunities came up and then I just kind of really started to listen to my gut. And I was like, man, I'm getting this just like awful gut feeling of thinking about applying. And um, yeah, so it, it kind of happened accidentally in a way, um, mm -hmm. but it's it, it's been kind of neat to see how it's unfolded. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So right now, do you primarily manage social media for other companies and other businesses or other brands, or have you shifted mostly into consulting and coaching other um, business owners in social media? Yeah. So I've done um, a recent pivot and shift to more consulting. So I have a small group of management clients that like one of them have been with me from the very beginning. Um, and so I just have a small group that I'm like, you know what, I'm just, I'm good with you guys where we got our processes going and I'm really making more of that shift to more consulting and coaching and even launched a group coaching program, which has been really amazing as well. And it's own journey and an experience too. Um, but I will say be doing that pivot, um, is its own like mindset challenge in itself. Like mm -hmm. probably last year, I was just like, I didn't have any, like I probably would have taken it forever to explain my story to you and like what it is that I do because I just was in such like a messy, messy moment, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of fear was coming up at that time because doing management just felt safe and that's what everyone wanted. And now trying to let people know like, oh, there's a way I can, teach your teams or like empower you to do it was really scary to start to do that kind of shift, I guess. Yeah. 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 I mean, that makes sense. And, you know, a lot of people look at pivots as starting over, but it's not really necessarily starting over because you have already learned so much and have gained so much wisdom from where you've already been. And so it's like, it's not a, a, a step back as much as just a refresh. And within that refresh, it still is going to come with maybe a moment of a lull or a pause or like things not feeling like they were working as easily as they were when it was in the safe zone. However, that's why the mindset work is so essential from the very beginning because when you yeah. get to that moment of okay now I'm going to pivot and experience that lull or experience that messiness you know that it's momentary you know that it's not going to be a permanent space that you're in but just like uh, a holding period while you start to pick up momentum in this new direction that you're going 
Oh my gosh. Honestly, you just described my like last like September to like December perfectly. Cause that's how it felt. And it felt like, I was like, I have to take this like almost step back. It felt like, and when I say step back, it didn't mean like, um, I was like turning down, I guess work, but I was just not taking on any new management clients. So like, I would intentionally just be like starting to use the language of like, I'm a consultant, but like I did, or a manager or, or sorry, not a manager, um, uh, a coach like for social media and like trying that on. Um, but it was, it kind of felt like I had to take like a bit of a, a bit of a pause mm-hmm. and allow it to be a messy to kind of get clarity through it. Yeah. Um, because I feel way better now <laughs> than I did for sure. Yeah, totally. And I, you know, it's interesting because it's like, sometimes we get in our heads and think like, oh, the moment that I make the decision that I'm going to go in this direction, like everyone's going to get on board, right? Whether it's like pricing or the way, the way that we're working with people, you know, for a while when I was just starting to add groups into my business and starting to create more scalable offers, I had been doing one-to-one and like preaching the importance of one-to-one for like two years at that point. And so Mm -hmm. I was coaching my audience on like really prioritizing one-to-one so that when I started adding in group experiences, there had to be a level of like coaching people. And I think that people Mm -hmm. forget sometimes that when you make these pivots, your audience and the people that have been following you for a while have still been like trained in a certain way to look at you or look at your work from a certain lens. And so there's this like retraining period that has to happen that does feel a little messy, that does feel a little bit slower. But if you stick with it, like you've experienced now, it's like you get to the other side and you are doing the things that you love doing. It feels like you're in greater alignment and you're actually creating more space to be successful because you're following like that, like you said, like just that pull of like, this is where I'm meant to go. This is where I'm meant to expand. Yeah. Oh, I love how you said that because I feel like um, now I'm in like that re-coaching and trading my audience that I'm not a man like social media manager, but more of that coaching consultant. So I have been getting on client, you know, discovery calls or clarity calls and instantly they're asking about like management services and I'm like, oh, and they were referred to me from someone else who I did management for as an example. So it is like, trying to find that language to re-communicate or, or now communicate what it is that I do. And um, I've had moments too, where I've like had a little bit of doubt come up and be like, oh my gosh, but I, like, is, is this the right direction to go? Like, it probably would have been a yes right away if I told them I was doing management, but that's not what I desire. And then it kind of gets in your head a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just like hearing that, like it is, it really is a, a period that I'm in now where it is t- now coaching my audience or letting them know what it is that I am now offering and how I can now support them. Yeah. 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 I mean, they just get used to it. Like everyone gets used to it, you know? And like I said, it happens with pricing too. If you've been charging X amount or like you do masterclasses or group programs at a certain amount and continue to do that for X amount of time, then people are going to be used to seeing that. So when you decide to raise your prices and this isn't across the board all the time, but there's going to be a period where people are like, Oh, okay, this is the new level. And so Mm. I'm going to either rise with this level (laughs) or it's not going to be for me anymore. Right. Yes. And it kind of helps you find the, the new, I don't know if it's the new audience or the right in or the audience that is now in alignment for you, I guess, as you're going to that next level too. Mm -hmm. Um, 
yeah, I kind of really feel like I'm in like the middle of that right now. <laughs> yeah. So what has been like the biggest challenge for you then in, in being in the middle of this, like, it really is like an up level for you. Yeah. Um, I think it is, it does come down to, I think kind of how, not only how I communicate and show up, like that has been a big shift is like how my marketing is now and how I'm communicating it with my audience and followers and the kind of shift in language to use things such as like, I used to do this for my clients when I'm talking about like a management or social media strategy or something like this is what I did for my clients or something Mm -hmm. instead of like, so to show that that's in the past maybe, but even other ideas on like, how do I market and communicate myself in this way? Um, And then the other aspect is as I step more into this consulting role, I still have some management clients right now. Um, And so I have some team members, mostly just some people that I outsource um, some work to, but just like managing those new workflows, um, standards, and then eventually wanting to like maybe bring people on to be a part of this team, because I definitely have a bigger dream and desire for this business. Mm, So do you see the management agent, like growing into an agency where you have people doing that for you and you're really just the face of the brand and then you have the coaching um, element as the other side of the business? So uh, I've kind of been hesitant about the agency side of things. Um, and I think because probably for a couple of reasons, I've, I've never actually worked for an agency before, which doesn't mean that that might be a I good have thing. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like the agency word and term is like a bit tainted just based on like what people have experienced. Yeah. Um, and also I'm like, do I desire to manage and have those creative ideas for others. Like, I feel like I'd still have to be like, and maybe this is just me not seeing my higher level picture of how I would serve my team, but I feel like I'd still have to be in it. And Mm -hmm. I kind of want to move away from it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't know. So where do you see team coming in then? If you were to look like two years and down the line, what was the dream team for you? Yeah, I think having someone supporting me with like my more admin type tasks, um, especially with like onboarding clients, ensuring the whole client experience is done really well, um, sending out like little like onboarding gifts or like remembering like key important details for that client, like birthdays. I want to make sure I'm really key on things like that. Um, so having someone to help with like management side of things, um, or like the admin side of things mm-hmm. would be amazing. Um, and then it would be so nice to have someone that I can potentially eventually train to also help with the consulting. So we're kind of like maybe a consulting team yeah. or being able to help more people in that way. Um, and then I definitely would love to offer more like passive products. So, um, maybe courses. I, I currently have my group coaching program and I kind of see that becoming two different levels, a more higher strategic level. And then the foundational level, which is maybe more self-guided or becomes a course. Um, but yeah, so I think the, the team people I can really see is like, I really need like an admin, um, EA type of person who Mm -hmm. is just like, 
right-hand woman. Um, And then someone else who can kind of be there with like talking about consulting services or so that it's not, I guess, all ends up being on me. Because again, that doesn't seem scalable to me then. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not scalable at a certain point when you are having dozens, hundreds of people coming into your programs to then have to make sure that you're managing all of the details, following up on payments if they're defaulted, collecting information, you know, as and inside of the Academy of Breath as a perfect example, like we do small group mentors. And so we have to organize all the different small group mentors that are my team, like my, my leadership team, but also assigning people to groups and connecting those people. Mm -hmm. And then from the certification side, we then have to make sure that everyone gets their certification sequences scheduled and that they're getting their cert their certificate after they finish. And so there's a lot of different moving pieces that if I have 100, 150, 200 people going through this program, I can't do yeah. that alone because way too much will fall through the cracks. And it's so funny because earlier today I um, posted on Instagram like a 90 second clip of me talking about like how the universe will not send you the people if you're not prepared to receive them. The universe Mm. won't send you the money if you're not organized enough to be able to responsibly take care of it. And so much of that comes down to our systems and our processes behind the scenes. And, you know, the way that I see it is that there's a lot that we can simply automate in today's day and age that doesn't actually need to be assigned to anybody at all. And then there's the more like intimate parts of our client experience that you really do want a human to human connection with, you know, like the emails that go out if a payment is defaulted on don't have to be from somebody. It can be an email sequence. The welcome emails that go out or taking intake for um, client details like birthdays or special events or special things about them, like that piece can be automated too, right? You can send out an, a welcome email that has a form, that form automatically submits it into a spreadsheet that is all tracked and it's all available for you or for your assistant to look at without that mm-hmm. having to be a hands-on process, like little things like that. So yeah. the way that I see like outsourcing tasks and like processes and systems is like first and foremost, before I even outsource, what can I automate? Mm-hmm. And that's like the number one piece. What can I automate first? Because even when you do have team members there, if your business is going to grow at scale, like that one person may not be able to still hold all of the different people if you're having now hundreds or thousands of people inside of your course. And so automation to me is like the very beginning of it and asking yourself like out of all of these things that I'm doing, what is it that I can automate so that it's not even like a human task anymore? And you would be surprised at how many things you can automate. It is (laughs) quite crazy. Um, So tools like, I mean, like Zapier is a great tool. um, Make.com is something that my my partner was showing me the other day. I haven't jumped into it, but it's similar to Zapier. And then a lot of the platforms that we use um, for like course portals or like our learning management systems have automated Um, processes already built into them. And so I think that would be the first thing to ask yourself is like, I'm sure there's already things that you have automated, but like going even more into like the nitty gritty of it and asking yourself, like, is there anything else that like really can be automated here that I don't even have to assign to a team member? Because once I turn the switch on, it's on and it's taken care of. 
And yeah. I think that will create so much more space for you to bring somebody in that can really like specialize in like simply client experience and like the intimate pieces that like you really do want a human being to be able to like have their, have their hands on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Um, do you guys use like a, any project management tools with like, since you do have a team member now, or even for yourself to like, remember to do things weekly or something like that? So I hate project management systems. If I'm being totally <laughs> honest, yes, we do. I'm not in it though. I do not oh. like using it. Yeah. So for me, my, as simple as this is, I literally just use Google calendar to remind myself of things to do. And if it's something yeah. that's like a recurring thing, I have it be a recurring calendar reminder on my Google calendar. Cause I know that on my phone, I'm going to get the reminders for it versus yeah having to remember to log into a project management system or me having to take extra steps to like assign myself something and then pick a date and all of those pieces. Like yeah. for my unique style of working, it just doesn't work for me. However, for having a team with multiple people. So we have my launch agency have, um, you know, administrative assistance and help. We have our leadership team inside of the Academy of breath. So there's a team there. And with, the bigger team coming in, we use Airtable. So Airtable is really oh, okay. great because, um, you know, as I mentioned, like the submitting a form and the form like automatically going into a spreadsheet, Airtable lets you do that. And so oh, okay. it's, um, I don't know the full capacity of what Air Airtable can do, but when I, and I think it was 2020, I had this incredible woman named Lisa come in and she built out all of my systems and procedures and like the operations behind the scenes processes. Mm -hmm. And um, she set us up on Airtable and we've been using it ever since for really managing the, um, mostly managing like student experience and like keeping track of all of our students inside of AOB specifically. And so I've started using it and like rolling it out in my other courses. Like as an example, yeah. my course coming up next week, best year yet, we have a five-day Voxer mini mind going into it. And in the automated email that goes out when somebody signs up, there is a link on it that says, please fill out this form um, and add your Voxer username so that on the day that the Voxer mini mind opens up, I can just go into that form, copy and paste everyone's Voxer usernames, create the group, and I'm good to go. And oh, so um, we have that link. The form is inside of Airtable. So now I have a spreadsheet of everyone's Voxer usernames inside of Airtable, and it just keeps it really organized so I don't have to be reminding people via email. I don't have to be copying and pasting from email into a spreadsheet and yeah. it just makes it so much cleaner of an experience for my clients as well as for my team. Did, did you find kind of getting those foundations and processes like SOPs put in place? Like, was that kind of, did that take you a long time? Like, was it kind of an ongoing process or a process or a journey? <laughs> um, you know, it's ongoing. I think that when I first decided I wanted to hire a team member, what I decided to do was just um, sign up for Loom, the screen recording um, platform, and yeah. started documenting every single process that I was doing. So then what I did was after every single video, I would just move it into a Google Drive folder. That Google Drive folder would be like, I'd have my Stripe folder, I'd have my Kajabi folder, I'd have the like Airtable folder, like Gmail folder. And so each folder had walkthrough videos of me talking through the processes that I did on a day-to-day -day basis. 
um, mm. or were related to client experience or whatever it might have been. And so when I brought Paige onto my team, I literally just sent her that Google Drive folder and said, watch all of these videos and let me know if you have any questions versus having to like take time to walk her through step-by-step step every single thing or for me to even take time to like think about, oh, I have to record this thing or I have to record this thing. I just yeah. naturally was like, I'm going to go into Stripe to do an invoice right now anyways, so I'm going to record this. Or I'm going to build out this new masterclass inside of Kajabi, so I'm just going to record my process here. And um, ah, for me, that. that made it really, really simple and didn't actually take any additional time out of my day besides dragging and dropping the video into a folder inside of my Google Drive. Okay. I love that. I think that's something that I definitely need to do because I've kind of like documented some workflows or have some templates for like my emails and things that I refer back to. Um, but I, I do have an assistant, but I feel like I haven't been able to like utilize her as much as possible. Yeah. Um, cause I'm like, Oh, how do I sit down and teach her these things or show her this stuff? Um, and I, yeah, I should just film a Loom video. I use Loom all the time for my clients. So <laughs> I should yeah. just do it for myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think the the biggest thing when it comes to processes and like documenting all of this stuff is like, what is going to make it feel really light so that mm. even if I have, if I, even if I'm going from having a five person group program to a 20 person group program to a hundred person group program, it actually doesn't feel any different. And I think mm, yes. that's part of like increasing our capacity and being able to scale and sustainably scale and not have like everything fall apart around us is to just make sure that those processes are in place so that it feels really light on the back end and mm -hmm. it doesn't feel heavier the more and more people that are coming in. I love that. I think that's like definitely kind of my goal for sure. And I do sometimes think that kind of like what you had shared on your, you said it was on your Instagram stories today about how like the universe will, you know, will only deliver you so many clients you can hold the capacity for or the income or the money. Right. And so, um, there's moments where I'm like, Oh, I would love to be able to just like, yeah, get this to be a smoother process on the back end because yeah, I, I can't imagine having more coming in, but I desire to have more. And it's like this weird, um, balance or not balance, but kind of thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so common for business owners to, you know, have this big desire of like, oh my gosh, like I would love to have 50 K months. I would love to scale to seven figures. I would love to have hundreds or thousands of people inside of my programs. But then when push comes to shove and it's like the people are starting to come, oh my God, can I hold it? And, you know, it's so yeah. interesting because I just wrapped up the iconic coach training uh, several weeks ago and we had 1700 people sign up for it. And when I was first getting on the call and I was seeing the number tick up and up and up and up and up, and it was that hundreds of people inside of the zoom room or the webinar room, I was like, oh my gosh, this is huge. This is so big, but it didn't feel heavy. It felt really exciting. It didn't feel mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, we're not going to be able to deliver or, oh my gosh, we can't handle this. It felt like I've been preparing for this. And I think mm -hmm. so much of that comes down to refinement and like consistently doing things over and over and over again, because every single time that you do something, especially when it comes to group experiences, every single group has a different energy. And so every single group is going to give you some other piece of wisdom or intelligence that you can utilize to refine the client experience, you know, mm. as a perfect example for 
about the first six rounds of the Academy of Breath, we really had just like a pretty seamless experience with people getting certified. Like we didn't have a lot of pushback. We didn't have a lot of people like, oh my God, I don't want to do it. Or, oh my gosh, I'm so scared. And then last year, I think it was our summer group or our first round of AOB. We had so many people that were like, this is so terrifying. Like, I'm so scared to speak in front of other people. And so we were like, okay, like this isn't the norm, but we also are receiving new information. So how can we actually Mm. refine this process even more to create a space where people are able to get all the way over the finish line? And so that's when we made the adjustment of bringing in our small group mentors and having Mm. our students do their certification sequences with small group mentors so that they had developed and built this relationship with a smaller group of people. And it wasn't like going into a room and doing a sequence and getting your, getting your certification in front of a bunch of strangers. So it's like little things like that, that you just pay attention to the more that you do things um, to refine the experience so that when you're at the point of like, okay, now it's going to be really big. Now it's really taking off everything is so dialed in on the back end that it doesn't ever feel like there's more people there. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. And I love like the shift, like the mindset shift around that too, about just seeing those as opportunities to refine processes and everything as well. Um, that's amazing. Was, um, was Paige your first, like, was she, is she a full-time hire or did you kind of like ease into hiring her or is she freelanced or? Yeah. So she's a contractor and, um, she was not the first person I hired. Actually the very first person that I hired, her name is Tiffany and shout out to Tiff. I love you so much. I wish that you still worked with me, but she got (laughs) pregnant she's, she's got two babies now. Um, and so Tiff actually came into my life after we connected with each other, she used to work for Suja and, um, she was just an absolute superstar in podcast management and PR events in LA. And it was when I had just moved up to LA and when I had just started my podcast as well. And so it was such a stretchy investment for me, but I knew that I wanted this podcast to be huge. I knew that I wanted to have incredible guests on this podcast. And so I made the investment of working with Paige. And so she managed my podcast. She helped me um, also get booked for other people's podcasts. She helped me to um, be a part of different events and get speaking engagements Mm. in LA, um, publications like Mind Body Green, Well and Good, Yoga Journal. Like she just like took my brand and elevated it to such a level so quickly that I just couldn't have done on my own. And so I absolutely loved that I worked with her first because it created so much authority and um, built my online presence in a way that I wouldn't have been able to do on my own. Or I could have, it just would have taken so much longer and so much extra work. So she was my first hire. Then I brought in um, somebody to help me with graphic design and social media. Um, Then I brought in Lisa, like I mentioned, who really helped to build the backend structures and systems for my business. And then um, Lisa was with me for several months before she accepted a full-time job with, I think it was her boyfriend's band or something really cool like that. Um, and so yeah. <laughs> at, that, at that time, that's when I brought Paige onto my team. And um, we have always been uh, about 30 to 40 hours a month. Mm. The Again, coming back to so much of this is automated. So I don't really need somebody 
to be full-time at this point yet. With that being said, the direction that we're heading over the next several months of this year and into 2024 and beyond, I'm looking to increase that role and to bring somebody onto the team for business management and operations that is not just looking at things from like the very um, nitty gritty, like tech stack, being able to like work with active campaign or thrive cart. Like I want them to know how to do those things, but I also want them to be forward thinking and um, take initiative as an operations manager in ways that I just like simply cannot. So that's really like where I'm heading as far as like the next position to bring on inside of my company. Um, and that will be something that is full time. So it's really exciting. And um, also, yeah. also big and, 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 feels like such a such a milestone to meet because I know that this is like this is one of the decisions that is going to really set me up to have way more space in my entire life to not just like scale the business but also be a mom and like be family focused in the next several years that's amazing oh my goodness when um you started to hire or like have some people be part of your team um how did you kind of like overcome like the money side of things in the sense of like did you just like budget um did you kind of like knew this was someone you were investing in or did you just kind of like jump in or what was your thoughts and strategies around that so definitely jumping in in the very beginning and <laughs> i as much as I like love the work that Tiff and I did together and it has made such a big difference financially, it was super stretchy for me at that point because my business hadn't taken off at all. I wasn't coaching full time. Um, I was kind of dabbling in a lot of different things and, but I just knew that like these were the investments that would set me up long-term for success. And I think that that's always been my thought process when it comes to bringing team members on or making big investments is like in the long run, is this going to pay off? And mm -hmm. also am I okay with during the time that we're working together, if it doesn't pay off because of the long-term success that can come from this. So like, as an example, in September of last year, I brought on an agency to help me with my launches and they're a super boutique agency. They are absolutely amazing. I love them so much. And they really specialize in live launches and have worked with mm -hmm. some of the biggest names in the coaching space. And so I signed on to a year contract with them, which was a big uh, shift for me as far as um, commitment goes outside of mentorship, like mentorship. I've always been like game on, let's go. I want to be with you long-term because I've always yeah. seen massive value in that. But you know, like, like you were saying earlier, like agency has kind of got a tainted reputation to it. And so, and I wouldn't even call them like necessarily a big agency. I don't think they have many clients at all, but there was definitely hesitation because I had tried to work with agencies in the past and haven't really felt like I was seen or they understood my brand mm -hmm. or we were on the same page. And so it was a big shift in like my commitment level to, I would say like a contractor or bringing on team. Mm -hmm. But the way that I saw it was, you know, this investment, whether it pays off within the year that we're working together or not, I'm going to walk away 
having grown from this. I'm going to walk mm-hmm. away with new experience, new knowledge, uh, new processes, new behind the scenes of how an agency does things or how they work with other big brands and some big names in the industry and how they do things. And I know that everything that we're going to be doing and all the work that happens over this next 12 months is going to build upon itself. And so like even this um, most recent launch with the Academy of Breath, it was our biggest launch yet, not by much though, maybe by like a couple thousand dollars. Um, And it wasn't our biggest launch as far as the amount of people inside. However, the brand building and audience building and trust building that we did over the several months leading up to this AOB launch was at a completely different caliber. And the amount Mm -hmm. of people that came into like the iconic coach training and like the free event that we did and came into my world from this launch specifically is going to pay off over the next several months, whether it be inside of AOB or other programs that I'm doing. And so the way that I look at my investments, whether it's team or mentorship or buying a program is just this long-term vision of like, do I, can I fully get behind that this thing is going to pay off for my entire life? And I think that sometimes it can be a little challenging when it comes down to like bringing someone in that's kind of like more on like deep, not defense mode, but like helping with the day, day day-to-day stuff. It can be a little bit harder to think about like, oh, well, how is this going to pay off three years from now, four years from now, five years from now? But the way that I see it is like the space that you're getting back from bringing this person on is priceless. And if you were to look at how much time it takes for you to do this certain task, so let's say it takes you an hour Mm -hmm. and takes them an hour, how much more valuable is your hour? Yeah. You know, and so I, I just think about it from that perspective of like, yeah, like I could totally do these things myself and like, yeah, you know, like this might be a a stretchy investment for me, but how valuable is an hour of my time? Mm -hmm. I, that's so good. I think that's, um, such a powerful kind of mindset to have when you're making those investments as well is the long-term because, and I've seen this firsthand being on the social media management side of things, like people start working with you and they expect to see an ROI after the first three posts have gone out. And you're like, it doesn't quite work like that. Um, And so seeing my own investments in the same way that I see how I operate and run my business is very, it should be, it will, in a way it's similar because these investments do have long-term impacts whether it's a learning experience, helping you grow, or as you mentioned, giving you that space in your in your own calendar or time to focus on growing other areas of your business. Um, that's, I think that's just so amazing. I think what the scary part is for a lot of people and myself included is like, obviously like the initial investment um, because sometimes it can feel like there's so many places for us to invest, like in my coach or in like mentorship or in these certain services. And they all have such value that they bring. Um, So trying to like, I guess, budget for, for that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't know if you have any advice around that or. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it comes down to priorities, right? Like what are you valuing and prioritizing at the very top? So for me, 
mentorship was always at the very top because I also knew that in mentorship, I was going to see behind the scenes of somebody who is already operating a team, is already operating at a higher level, is already holding hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars, and hundreds and thousands of uh, clients. And so I'll be able to see how they're doing it. And it'll likely demystify a lot of what I think I need or how it should Mm -hmm. be set up. Um, You know, it's so interesting. My mentor Steph is phenomenal and is so successful and delivers such an incredible client experience. And her back end of her business is the most simple that I have ever seen in my entire life. And I remember talking to her a couple of months ago and I was like, oh, I think I need to do this thing and this thing and like shift my whole website over here. And she's like, but why do you actually have to do that? And I was like, well, I guess not. I guess I could just like make this change and and do this little thing. And then I wouldn't have to like take on this huge project of having to like hire a new web designer and bring my website over to this other platform. And so I think that for me, I just knew that mentorship was more than just like learning how to be successful. It was also seeing behind the scenes and seeing Mm -hmm. how like actually simple scaling and success can be. So that was always the first priority for me. And then when I noticed that things were starting to be too challenging for me to manage on my own, that was when I was like, okay, now I need to prioritize bringing somebody on and looking at like, what do I feel really comfortable spending on a month to month basis? And Mm -hmm. that's, you know, obviously dependent on how much is coming in, where you're at, how much you have saved up for the business. Um, But I think another like mindset piece that I always come back to is like, if I know that this is the right next step for me, if I know that this is the right person to bring onto my team, and this is like the direction that I'm supposed to go, I truly believe that I will be capable of and have the resources available to not just make it happen, but to rise up and overflow in this direction and in faith of like what I'm going for. And it's always worked out that way. Like I know, and at the core of like my entire experience, like I know that I can make money and I can make money on demand. And I can, if I want to make $5,000 today, I can put out an offer and I know that I'll be able to do so. And so it's like, I've just built up such a deep level of self-trust and my ability to make and generate money that Mm. now the idea of like budgeting and having to, like get super detailed about all of the things isn't as big of a deal. Now I still take it into account, of course, because I don't want to put myself in a position where I don't feel good with money or I feel really strapped and like I'm doing things from a place of lack or scarcity. But the the through line is is just knowing that like I can trust where I'm being pulled and I can trust that if I say yes and take a chance on myself in where I'm being pulled, that the resources are going to be available for me to be supported. Oh, that's so good. I'm going to be coming back to this podcast and taking like a ton of notes for myself. (laughs) I was like, I should have my notebook. (laughs) That is so good. Um, Now that you have some team members and everything, how does your, how do you kind of like structure your days or like reviewing and approving things? Like even with your social media team, like, do you just have like, dedicated days set aside or what does that kind of look like if you don't mind sharing yeah so I actually don't have anybody managing my social media it is a total shit show for me right now if I'm being completely honest a lot because I have my 
business page, the Academy of Breath page, and the Alchemized Life page. And then I also have my personal Instagram, which I don't really pay that much attention to. So I have three pages that I'm like, I that's a lot. I'm my own agency, right? You are. (laughs) Oh my god. Um. So so I don't have anybody on like the content creation side, which you know I I want to have somebody there. And content creation and branding is like one of my favorite parts of business, and so I really love doing it. Um. However. I don't give the podcast page or the Academy of Breath page as much love as I would want to. Um, So that's your answer for the social media side of things. But as far as like the day-to-day goes and the administrative stuff goes, we have weekly meetings that are just like touch bases that are to make sure that like all the tasks are getting done. We have a Slack channel where we're connecting back and forth throughout the week to make sure that Mm -hmm. if anything is coming up or any questions um, arise that we're able to connect there and not just save it for the weekly calls. And Mm then um, in addition to that, something that has been newer is having monthly calls and really just like having a touch base that's not like okay did you get this thing done did you get this thing done but like what are your goals for this month what what are you setting for yourself how are you going to know that you're successful how do you want to feel like is there any way that I can support Mm -hmm. you so that it there's is a level of mentorship in a way there to help continue to evolve my teammates and ensure that like they're still enjoying their role they are doing the things that they love, they're growing, they're learning. And it's more than just like this exchange of, okay, make sure you're doing your tasks. Cause I want it to be bigger than that. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, by the way, I love your social media. <laughs> so you're doing, you're like doing such an amazing job, but you can just feel your like energy and passion and like your entire tone of the brand through it. Like I just, I don't, I think so many people, when they listen to this, they'll like look at your socials and be like, yeah, that's why I connect with Ava so well. And I think, cause it's truly coming from you. Um, and that's, that's powerful. Like, it's so good. I love your posts. I'm always like, save, save, save oh, this good. one. <laughs> <laughs> <Thank> um, <laughs> and then, yeah, I love that. You also do like those weekly and a monthly meeting that goes beyond just like the quick check-ins because that's something that. I think I desire to create a business and a brand that has such beautiful um, values that I can help to like empower others and that it can be truly felt within our entire company and brand. Um, And I think you need to have those deeper touch points with people to be able to do that. And that's obviously in the future thinking. Um, But even just chatting with you today, I've kind of thought of things where I'm like, okay, there are certain tasks or things I can do that I could start to hand off a few, few things to some of my team members, um, or like have the, the courage to, to send more things off that doesn't necessarily have to be always coming from me potentially, um, and kind of start to set myself up for that kind of greater um, scaling and success and serving of more people and being ready for that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the thing to always come back to is what are the things that only you can do and can Mm -hmm. you automate and outsource the rest? Like that is how you truly scale and are able to stay in your zone of genius and not get overwhelmed by the day to day. But 
bring something to life that like only you can bring and have the support behind you of people that love doing all of the other pieces. So I'm glad that you were able to walk away from this conversation with some little nuggets of things that you can actually implement and start to apply today. And I'm super excited to see how it unfolds for you. So will you, before we end this conversation, just share for everybody listening where they can find you? Yeah, for sure. Um, so you can find me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is brittanymiller.biz and it's spelled B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y because I know there's like a hundred ways to spell Brittany. Um, <laughs> and then my website is also brittanymiller.biz. Um, and those are kind of my two favorite spots to hang out. Um, so yeah, if anyone ever wants to connect or just wants to see the the transition unfolding <laughs> um, as I really make this more step into this consulting and coaching role. Um, yeah, come connect over there. Would love to connect with you for sure. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast and for asking such amazing questions that I know are going to be so valuable for everyone listening. Thank you, Ava. This was amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you.